Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint. We turn things over to Stephen LeDrew, Toronto based lawyer, broadcaster, served one time as the president of the Liberal Party of Canada when it was normal. And <laughs> and, John, and John Dwyer, director over at Arius Technologies Incorporated. Hello, guys. <laughs> hey, we're very normal. <laughs> you are both we normal. Try. We try. We try. Let well, me a lot just. Of people aren't normal, though, so let's talk about it. And I'm All not right. normal, and I'm proud of that. Oh, oh well, you're extraordinary. Well, there you well, go. I guess you're not normal. There you go. Okay, that's a suck up for the night. You know, I just. Uh, <laughs> I don't get it very often, Stephen, so I'll take it. Okay, take it. Um, Well, I just chatted with uh, Rodney Stafford, who sadly I met through the most horrific of of circumstances. But, you know, he came out three weeks ago, not because he wanted to, but because he had to speak out because the killer of his child, Terry Lynn McClintock, had been moved to a healing lodge. Now, he has spent weeks now um, talking about this, met with the prime minister, and yet nothing has changed. So he has to, you know... Build a protest, take it to Parliament Hill, fighting for an issue that, frankly, I think should have been solved. I'll start with you on this, John. I mean, do we really have to go through this extent? Yeah, I know the dynamic that happens at Correctional Services Canada is one that is always mired in complexities. And it's something where they try to figure it out province to province in terms of the right and wrong way to do things. But like, and I want to say, hey, look, as the father of a gorgeous little girl who's my whole life, as... The the uncle, you know, the, I'm an uncle to all my friends' kids. This just makes me die inside. And honestly, just put the guy in Gen Pop for two days and get it over with. I know it's a terrible thing to say, but like on behalf of everybody else about there who wants to get visceral and angry about this in a world where we can't get angry about so many things, give me a break. Yeah. This guy deserves that treatment. Like I just, you know, I, I, I honestly, and the I'm girl, at a loss well, Terry Lynn McClintock. But again, but again, here we are. You got to protest. You got to do all this stuff, and it, it really. I don't think we're asking for much here, Stephen. Well, we aren't, but it also, um, it just shows, and I agree with the point that in a world where we can't do a lot about the things that are going on, which is why we ended up with Brexit, which is why we ended up with Trump, which is, uh, you know, people are just tired of a bunch of bureaucrats running their lives. And Corrections Canada, and I know it very, very well, uh, they have a bunch of criminologists in there uh, who say they know everything about this, and, um, and they don't. And so they are, are very generous towards criminals. And this is a sign, this is, a, uh, this is one of those examples of it. I don't believe that McClintock has any, has any ounce, I, no one has shown me any ounce of, uh, of indigenous blood in her, but they're out there, she's out there, and the native band who used to run this says, we weren't consulted about this. Um, and it's somebody say, well, let's just get her out of Ontario. And then the, the minister stands up and says, well, I have no control over this. And that is the essential point. We elect politicians to run the government. And then they stand up and they say, well, we have no authority over this. We have no control over this. So I don't think that everybody put into jail who is incarcerated should have some politician or some person who, who they wronged being able to, to wreak vengeance on them. On the other hand, I do believe in a justice system, and, uh, and this is not justice. And most people have a sense of justice, and the government should listen to it, and the government should also take back control of, of general principles. And there should be a general principle uh, that would preclude this option from having been exercised by nameless, faceless, high-paid, high-pensioned 
officials who the government says we have no control over. Bureaucrats, yeah. And I know a lot of lawyers will hate me right now, but don't, because I'm generally uh, pretty good to the lawyers, but I, this is one issue that drives me crazy. Well, then um, you're a good company if a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of lawyers are going to hate you. Well, no, I just, this issue I know, it drives me crazy. It's as good as having the NDP hate you. <laughs> That's, they, they do, viscerally. Speaking of the left, um, a number of activist groups have decided that Steve Bannon must be shut down. Of course, he is part of the Monk debates, which is completely sold out, where he'll debate David from. And they say, given he gave the voice to the alt-right, he should be silenced. Whereas Linda Sarsour, who is completely anti-Semitic, or Al Quds, they can do whatever they want. But here is Andrea Horvath calling for Steve Bannon to be banned. We have enough divisiveness. We have enough hate being spewed uh, everywhere, in, uh, in, unfortunately, here in Ontario, across Canada, uh, through the United States. The last thing we need uh, is another platform for more hate to be spewed. There you go. But again, um, Stephen, these groups don't denounce things like BDS. I have a hard time taking them seriously. Let's denounce silly talk. (laughs) Let's make it illegal. And Andrea Horvath should not have TV or radio or press privileges. I mean, really. I mean, I, I, I was privileged to go to some of the Monk debates. I haven't in the last one or two, I don't think. But at the first ones were Peter Monk, who knows, who knows hatred and who has suffered, his family suffered, he would stand up there and say, debate is a fabulous thing. Those, those words ring in my ears where he said, to have ideas and put it out there and to test them and to argue them and to get good ideas and to, to work on policy. And he would just sit at the front of this before the debate and just talk about how important it is. And Roger Griffith, Charger, uh, Griffith um, you know, chairs these things now. And I know they put out a statement tonight and they believe the same. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's appalling in our democracy, that we would have a leader of a party stand up and say, shut it down. i got to be honest, uh, John. I'm, I, I'm more and more bothered by this every single day because every single day we are being slapped down for just about everything. I, I literally, as a talk radio person, don't quite know what I can and can't say anymore because I can never say anything right. But again... We are increasingly, yeah. Sorry, we are decreasingly, you know, descending into the ludicrous. Right to Stephen's point, I know it's a counterpoint, but like so much of what happens right now, if you're moderately learned and somewhat paying attention, it's really easy to agree on. And the fact of the matter is, I agree. Uh, 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 Horvath maybe should be running the Ministry of Silly Walks, to quote uh, Monty Python. Shut her down. Let's get her off the air. But But she's one of many on the left who are trying to shut down debate. And look, uh, Linda Sarsour came into town a couple of weeks ago she is openly anti-semitic she hates jews and i didn't like her but i didn't ask her to be banned but there's something to be said about the dialogue happening especially for younger people people we live in this vacuum where we feel as though the knowledge that we all have has is something that is that is you know that that is panoptic and everyone enjoys but the fact is that there's so many young people right now who aren't exposed to the myriad of ideas that they should be and you know what if you hear them they're freaking out they're freaked out if you're not getting a good undergraduate education in liberal arts, you're probably not going to be exposed to enough of this. So well, have the dialogue and realize like that these that. people are right or wrong. Even universities are like that. They're saying now that people can't speak on campus. I mean, it's the last bastion for free speech should be the monk debates and universities. And in both, we have forces in our society who are saying, you can't say that. And if, you're, if your position is so weak that you can't debate it, that you can't go out there and argue, that you have to say instead... You uh, do not have a forum 
then we are in a very, very dire straits as a society, I think. Yeah, well, look, uh, this thing's sold out, um, and I think it'll be a fabulous learning experience, and I'll be curious to see how the audience well, is treated when they walk in that place. I'm glad but, they have the guts. Yeah, I, I am too. They have the guts to keep it going, and they aren't going to stop banning. Yeah, i got to be a I, I Hats off to Monk Debates for standing it. I Debate agree. Them. Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. This is Counterpoint. I got Stephen LeDrew and John Dwyer. And this uh, story kind of breaking over the last couple of days. Haven't gotten a really a lot of attention, but Hillary Clinton, who we all know, former Secretary of State, possibly running again. God help us all. Um, she had an interview, and she may have been joking or not, but I'm going to play you the audio of what she said, um, and I'll get your, your reaction to it. Here she is. Yeah, what do you think about him saying kick them in the shins, essentially? Start to get to that kind of political... Well, that was Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. Oh, Eric Holder. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know they all look alike. No, they don't. <laughs> okay. So they're having a conversation about a number of African-Americans who have made comments, and, and that was the response by Hillary Clinton. And I know if I said something like that, Stephen LeDrew, I'd probably be charged with a hate crime. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and just think if Trump had made that statement... If Trump had made that, the whole um, lefty center media in the States would have gone crazy over it because of the polarization of politics. She has gotten away with it. In fact, I saw, and I was, I was watching Fox, yes, because I, I'm on Fox sometimes, and I watch Fox, and they had a black man on it tonight defending her on Fox, saying it wasn't, you know, it wasn't such a bad deal. He said, you know, we say that about white people and Asian people. Just, I think that it's, uh, it was an unfortunate slip. Um, I think Hillary... I don't know if it was a slip. I mean, she thought well, it was funny. I mean, she, she was well, in a control. She's not a stupid time. lady. The time has gone past her. Uh, I think we should just uh, take a book out of the NDP here and, and shut her down. We shouldn't allow <laughs> her into Canada anymore. Hey, look, I get that it was a joke, John, and I get the point she was trying to make. But again, if we're talking about all the civility, and I think it was she herself who said, you're only going to get civility once the Democrats are coming in. Well, again, Megyn Kelly just lost her show three days ago for a conversation on blackface. Well, that's a very good point. And I think, you know, one of the other items to think about here as, as we reflect on that sound clip, how quickly did everybody in the audience laugh? I mean, this is a pandemic issue that has plagued not only the United States, but the world over for a long time. And it's now becoming increasingly sensitive. Uh, around racism and, and what is and what is not racism. So whether or not Hillary Clinton meant to uh, actually check the, the, the woman who had asked her the question to say, hey, look, uh, like sarcastically, they all look like, or she was saying it like as a flippant joke. I'd have to think she wouldn't say it as a flippant yeah. joke. She's pretty smart. But the people in the audience, why were they all laughing? Like people laughed so quickly, whether it was out of a nervous laugh, whether what they they said, what, what she said resonated with them. But this is really, there's this, a tipping point that's been happening arguably for the past four decades, but it's it's really coming to a headache right now as it relates to what Democrats and what uh, um, well, there's two sets of rules. There are two sets of rules, and clear. But again, lead by example. It's either okay or it's not. Well, I know, but to suggest that what she said was meaning to be racist is maybe trying to put a little bit okay, but of what if I'm, behind the yeah, pillow. Right. So if I turned around and said, well, you know, they all look alike. Do you think I'd get away with that? Absolutely not. And I would never say something like that, but I would not. I would be out of a job by the end of the show. I but guarantee you. I wonder you. who her audience was. If this was a Manhattan audience, yeah. it might be uh, different than... Um, 
That's a very good point. The Tallahassee audience in Florida, as Trump was talking about Tallahassee tonight, where a black man from Tallahassee is running for governor. Yeah. Um, and I hope he wins. Yeah, I know, but I just, uh, I just think that uh, it's 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 the person who's who said it, and uh, Hillary got away with it for the start. I don't think she will now, but you know what? I think it's good that she's just passe. Yeah. Well, and when she says, "I'd like to be president," <laughs> well, a lot of people like to be president. Is she going to run again? Hopefully yeah. not. Well, she probably will. Got it. Oh, my goodness. If you don't want four more years of Trump, don't run Hillary Clinton. That's Trump will have a full majority <laughs> of she he'll, he'll, he'll literally win every we're seat. Gonna have, we're going to have Trump. Whether he runs again, whether he wins again yeah. or not, we'll still have Trump. Yeah. He'll always be here. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the story that just continues to grow, thanks to David Aiken. He's done some super reporting on this. First, we learned that StatsCan is going to be scooping up the private banking information, no questions asked, of half a million Canadians. Now, today... We learned StatsCan has culled 15 years of personal information from credit bureaus, and Justin Trudeau has no issue with it. Take a listen. This line of questioning from the Conservatives is all too familiar. For 10 years, under them in government, they chose to govern by ideology and not by facts or science. When facts got in the way, they simply stopped collecting them. They fired the chief science advisor and eliminated the long-form census. We brought back both. Right. So that's a great talking point. So Stephen Harper, who didn't like the stats uh, power, uh, blunted that office because he felt the government had no right to overreach into people's personal business, which is exactly what is happening now. Are you bothered by this, John? Are you cool with the government going in and taking no, your I'm information? No, I'm hugely bothered by it. The other, the other, I mean, this is not like something where we're saying people should get up and, 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 and or expect them to protest because the, the, the years and the era of the Chicago 7 are clearly far behind us. But this is an era where people are happy to have Alexa listening. Like, everybody wonders why there's cybersecurity issues and why government has this, this, this ever-growing uh, infringement on our personal sovereignties and information. It's because we allow it to happen. And I'll tell you, this will pass and it'll just become one issue that fades in the periphery of a number of other issues where we continue to relent and relent and give up our information when we shouldn't. There has to be a very clear line between what the government is entitled to and what the government is not entitled to. Right. And are I believe Canadian? that we need to create are, that sovereignty are, are between can- individuals and the government. Are you Canadian, John? Come on, let's just go along with what the Prime Minister says. <laughs> well, look, uh, thank you, Stephen. I, I call. Well, I tried to get the the Bankers Association. I mean, I, I tried and begged them to come on the show. Like, explain what are you going to do? And they said, Well, we've put out a statement on that, and that's what we're going to do. Oh, okay. Well, that's comforting. And the banks. Well, my bank didn't have a clue about this. But the bottom line is. Um, the banks, banks are complicit. Well, the bank, if I'm a civil liberties lawyer, I am lining these banks up and saying, challenge this. Because if I find out my bank or some credit union has given my information over, um, my business is moving, frankly. Well, you, 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 there's nowhere to move to. Well, I'll go to a credit union. All, well, all maybe I can't banks, go to them. because All they the banks do that. Yeah. I mean, we're in, a, we're in unfortunately, and, and we should probably fight it more, but we're in a society where information is powerful, and we give it up all the time. All the new cars, all the new cars, you're giving up information, whether you know it or not. What radio stations you go to, what restaurants you go to, it's all being fed back from computers in your cars to people who buy that information from the car. And, and it's taboo now if you don't have a new phone that recognizes your face. Do people not remember all of the Vogue movies in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, most of which starred Robert Redford, that were about personal sovereignty being infringed upon, about keeping that, again, sovereignty between you and the government? Why 
why are we so okay with this? Yeah, it blows my mind. It blows my mind, too. My business, my money. I want to quickly play this audio today. Uh, Doug Ford and Andrew Shear met today. They uh, jointly declared their fight against the carbon pricing. And it's really kind of the first time we've heard him say this. I don't think it should surprise anybody. Here is what he said today about Mr. Trudeau. And there's only one way, one way we're going to get rid of the carbon tax is by getting rid of Justin Trudeau. Game on, Stephen LeDrew. Mr. Ford has, uh, I mean, he, he is going to be actively trying to rid of this government. I think he clearly said that before as well, because yeah. um, he, fought, he fought the election on the carbon tax as a main issue. Um, and I think it's stunning that Trudeau would bring in the carbon tax uh, last week. On the other hand, if Canadians are fooled by it, then shame on us. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like when, when she says, I'm going to reduce the hydro bills by borrowing $90 billion, billion, billion dollars to, uh, to pay for that. Uh, he is, Trudeau is saying, I'm going to tax you, but everybody's going to get a rebate more than they get taxed. Yeah, I mean, and, just, and, and, and no one in public, I have, but I mean, very few people in the, in the public debate have said, is that not the craziest thing? How about the gazillions of bureaucrats you've got to hire to get all that money in and then write a bigger check back? And it's, and it's an ex, it's an it's exclamation point on what on what happened in Alberta with his father in the uh, with the transfer payments in the seventies and going into the early eighties. But what happened in Ontario under the Green Energy Act over I believe it was brought into into um, ratified um, uh, in two thousand and three. But the amount of companies, not the least of which was a seven billion dollar tax treatment plan for Samsung saddled the pockets of a bunch of liberal um, hand-in-hand supporters. And if you go and look, by the way, at where all of uh, am I allowed to name a specific? No. no. Okay. If you go and look where <laughs> former staffers got their jobs after, go look who went and worked for Samsung and all the rest of yeah. them. Well, this is this is a reaction that, to almost 15 years of cronyism and co- complete no, corruption. It's not, it is. Co- it's corruption. It's not cronyism. It's corruption. There's yeah. no question about that. And this government, or the, like the, the last government, uh, thank goodness it's defeated. I think it's going to be one, known as one of the worst governments we've ever had in Ontario. But no one was really pointing out the fact that it was corrupt. And you're right. There are countless liberal, you know, I was going to say something rude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, what's can, he about? Can, can, can we just, can we just agree that Counterpoint just turned into two guys, two, three smart people agreeing for, for 30 minutes? That is incredible. the money out of it. All right. You know, no one exposed it. Yeah, well, yeah, no, it was exposed. Well, you did, you I mean, we voted them out, but nonetheless, it's going to be game on for the 2019 it's, election. That's going to be the issue, yeah. I think, for this whole next election. You're right, yeah. it's going to be carbon tax. Yeah. All right, guys, got to leave it there, and I appreciate it. That is Stephen LeDrew, John Dwyer, joining us to agree on everything. All right? <laughs> we just agree. This is what it feels like when dubs cry. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.